You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about Mott the Hoople and their album Mott. In the room I have Rob, yes. Ben, Hello. and Adam. Mott's up. Mott is the sixth studio album by British rock band Mott the Hoople, released on the 20th of July 1973 on CBS in the UK and Columbia in the US. It was produced by the band and the genre is glam rock and hard rock. And I'll read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Erwine. All the young dudes actually brought Mott the Hoople success. But you wouldn't know that from its sequel, Mott. Ian Hunter's songs are a set of road tales fraught with exhaustion, disillusionment, and dashed dreams, all told with a wry sense of humor so evident on Mott's earlier work. This is no ordinary road album where the band whines about the perils of traveling. It's more of a wry commentary on rock and roll itself, which, as Hunter notes, is a loser's game. Mott doesn't sound that way, though. It's a winning and infectious as rock and roll gets. Even with the undercurrents of ironic despair and restrained hostility, this is a fun record. This sounds better, looser than all the young dudes. Glam never sounded as rock as it does here. To top it all off, Hunter writes the best lament for rock ever with Ballad of Mott the Hoople, a song that conveys just how heartbreaking rock and roll is for the average band. If that wasn't enough, he trumps that song with the closer, I Wish I Was Your Mother. A peerless breakup song that still surprises, even after after it's familiar. It's a graceful, unexpected way to close a record that stands as one of the best of its era. All right, what do we think of Mott by so Mott good. the In, Hoople? Into this band, into this album. This album is very good. I was so-so, on the, <sighs> especially on the middle part of the, of the album. There, there were a couple in the middle that I was like kind of struggling with. Starts off super strong with All the Way from Memphis, Him for the Dudes, but it got to the Hanaluchi Hanaluchi Boogie. Boogie, (laughs) and I was like, uh. That was supposed to be their big hit. I know, it was uh, their hit. And then Violence, I was so so on. Driving Sister, I was so so on. Covers of Violence. I got a heavy Cheap Trick vibe from Violence. Yeah. I mean. Am I wrong in that? Have I not heard a cover of that? I don't like, know if I've heard a cover. I've never heard yeah. a cover of Violence. I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the band. You're thinking violence. of There's an Against Me song Exploited, violence, Sex and Violence, or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, they kind of brought it back with Ballad of Mata Hoople for me. And then I thought, I don't know. I, thought, I love Ballad. Wish I Was Your Mother was a little Dylan-esque and mm-hmm. a little strange on, on that. To me, this record does all the things that a good faces record does, which I like, which is that it pivots really well between 
rocking to like really sensitive balladry. I just think like this kind of rock and roll is so rare and it just this is a good time for it for this kind of like it's it's like tough at times but then it's like it knows when to be sensitive too it has a but. nice like yeah like the faces too it's got the sort of like commentary and the sort of it's like, thoughtful it's yeah. like it's like everyday life and these are just like working class guys that are just like trying to be in a band and it makes them very like humanized. It's not like what would happen in glam rock in the eighties when they're like cartoons, you know, when they're like, you know, just like gross dudes who are just there like There should be that that shouldn't also be called glam rock. I don't understand that. And actually I've never understood hmm. like like there's it creates confusion all the time. Yeah. It's so different. It's called glam metal. It wasn't glam rock. I've heard uh, it, but uh, I mean, glam though, just the term glam. Creates confusion. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. It is quite a different animal altogether. Anything like 10 years later is too, or yeah. like 10 or 20 even, you know, but it's like, it's just trends change. But yeah. It was less than 10 years, man. Like. Like for Def Leppard or well, something. Like, well, I mean, yeah, Def Leppard is going to be making records in the next... Like, but, like, Motley Crue is, like, you know, 81. Yeah. Yeah. Even Motley Crue's, like, they were the eyeliner, but... They, they were glamorous. I mean, a lot of people call it hair metal, too. Hair yeah. metal. Yeah. I think that... More... Anyway. Like, def- I was thinking, definitive. you know, like, like, Poison, White Snake, yeah. Warrant. Yeah. Great White. Great White. I guess, like... But just glam, like, glam is, what, T-Rex, Bowie... Mott. Roxy. Roxy. That's Roxy. The, I think Queen, are, maybe. So Queen. Queen rides Queen's the fence between glam and prog. Yeah. And also Queen is so individual that yeah. it's like... Yeah. It's kind of its own thing. But, um, but anyway. Slade. Yeah, Slade. Slade. Definitely. Slade. Yeah. Uh, the, the kid toucher dude. Uh, oh, yeah. Gary. Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. Absolutely. <laughs> I can only remember him as that now. That record is so good. It's though. really good. It's a, it's well, a damn well, we, we won't be getting to that, will we? No, there's no Gary Glitter. That's, that's Let's a, not honor it's him. Probably, it's we probably... We can honor much. his art and criticize his diddling. It's We fine. can do that. Because I, when we can't, then we're going to need to address yeah. a, a whole... I, fuck, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I love Michael Jackson, but I just remember yeah. that he liked nipple play with 10-year-olds. So, you know, mm. it's, it, you just got to keep those two things in your brain constantly, and you'll be fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> Never look, at look at me in the eye. Look at me directly in the eyes and talk about it. Yeah. Like Kvothe, <laughs> practicing sympathy. That's my name of the wind uh, nerd reference for you. Thank you. Oh, you, you read the Patrick Rothfuss. We're okay. very proud of you. Yes. Birch Thank is you. squinting in pain <laughs> because we're so off topic. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> so uh, Mott the Hoople. Yeah. What about Mott? Great. What's great? Uh, <laughs> Use your words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I was, I was still thinking about both. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Uh, we'll make you split your mind into two well, and I, talk I, about <laughs> mine and talk about something else. All right, fair enough. <laughs> something else. <laughs> I, uh, I I wasn't familiar with this record. Uh, the the one I know so well is all the young dudes, mm. and dudes. I was I was surprised that we didn't touch on that. I'm glad that we're still including Mott, and I like this album as well. I've I've liked all the young dudes for so long that it'll take more listens for this to eclipse it like i know like in the thing you said it's more polished it's more yeah. polished 
I've just I've been through so much with all the young dudes. Uh-huh. I see. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's you can take that out of context. However, you, however yeah. you want. <laughs> but it's yeah, and it's got Bowie. It's got Bowie. It's got Mick too. Yeah, Mick Ronson. Yeah. I who's the who's the Ronson that's currently producing records for everyone? Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson. I wanted to make. I, I couldn't hold the two things separate in my brain. Okay, like both. Yeah, and <laughs> just wanted to make sure I was talking about the correct Ronson. Mick now, Mark later. Okay. Uh, I thought uh, uh, Wizkid track two. I kind of got some uh, 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 J. Roddy Walston and the business oh, vibes from it, especially when those falsetto me? vocalizations come in. Yeah, that's like one of the reasons I grew to love that band. Who I literally just got back from their final show in Richmond. I went this weekend. They called it quits. Uh, yeah, well, Roddy we'll see. Let's we'll not. We'll see. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, the. Uh, uh, yeah, basically, uh, I got that vibe that I fell in love with that band because I noticed they were one of the rare bands that I thought I actually heard stuff like Mott the Hoople, techniques from my favorite 70s glam groups. They were one of the only groups that I ever thought really, like, nailed it. Like, like revved it up, ha- yeah, has piano. Modernized yeah. it, found their own way of, do- yeah. of referencing it. It's just rare, you know? Yeah. But I think that it's funny because you would think there would be more bands that lift this style because it's not that it's that hard to do i just think it's hard to do it well and just it's hard to be authentic with it that's what i mean i think some people just don't end up like doing it yeah Because you're probably all, always compared to Queen, which yeah. is going to be that's a tough, tough yeah. shoes to fill when when you're even approaching that close to Queen. I mean, even even listening to this album, I, I hear like Queen or I'll hear Bowie or something, and it might always it's going to be a hard sell or hard idea to get them out of the sort of like younger brother state for me. And into the like spotlight. Not that I don't think that they're talented, but Ian Hunter, I don't know. He's not the best vocalist. He's doing what he can. You follow you follow Ian Hunter after Mott, Ian Hunter solo. Oh man. <laughs> oh, boy. Dude, Ian Hunter's first solo album is one of my favorite albums of the seventies. It's weird. It's but, it's it is rock and roll. Yeah. It sure is. Yeah. But yeah, it I also feel like they they're one of the they're like a band's band. If that makes any sense, like mm-hmm. Queen was hanging out with them, um, and obviously Bowie loved them oh because God, he, yeah. he wanted to give them uh, Suffrage City, and they were like, "Nah, we're not, we're not so into this." And so he gave. They wanted what did they want? They wanted a drive-in, drive-in uh, Saturday, drive-in, drive-in Saturday. Saturday. And Bowie was like, "No, I don't want to give that one up." So that he, is such a mod so song he, too. He it's wrote like... them uh, all the young dudes, and it's, and and low. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But that's another. People misremember that song as being a Bowie song. 
Did he, he, not he, do later, a he later did a version of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. people. People always, think the Mott version is Bowie? Yeah, because he's singing on it. Yeah, he does sing on the choruses. Yeah. Yeah. In a very Bowie. It just sounds like a Bowie song, honestly. Yeah. 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 It, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, they're all very uh, directly connected. I mean, you were talking about, uh, was it Adam uh, McKay? Yeah. Oh, uh, Andy McKay. Excuse me. He plays saxophone on uh, All the Way from Memphis and Honolulu Boogie. Yeah. Just honking away. Yeah, from Roxy Music. Yeah, yeah. I like it a lot. I feel like Honolulu Boogie could be just sung differently, could be a T-Rex song. Oh, just produce oh, yeah. this oh. a little different, and it's like... It's a straight up. It's got the word boogie in it, so it's halfway there. Yeah, right. yeah. So maybe that's what it is that made me think of it. But but I feel like the song just give it the T Rex treatment, and it would just be like to sing an octave lower. Yeah. Well, or at least sing it low. I mean, n- nothing on the, this track makes my my ass shake the way a T Rex song does. Um, I but for, for with, having the word boogie in the name, it doesn't really boogie. If yeah. if they put the same inflection they had on Wizkid on that. Yeah, that's absolutely like poop machine shaking. Yeah, I just so, I never got like chills or you know I just, I just there wasn't there was something about this album that uh, it it's not like that Slade album or something it just mm-hmm. it just something just didn't I don't know resonate with me and maybe that's just I need to listen to it more or I mean we've been listening to this for a minute now yeah it's true. I have listened to it like five times. Yeah. I'm trying to go back and back, and maybe it is just maybe it's just his vocals. That might just be something that's that I'm not really uh, identifying with. Yeah, I, 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 I think coming off of all the stuff that we have been listening to recently, yeah. um, this is this is some like back to roots, more just just. It is regular, re- regular, regular rock and roll, and it, mm. it, it's hard. Like it's hard to go back into rock and roll unless like it's like super, super amazing. Yeah. Um. At least it, that that's the way it's always been for me. This doesn't really fall flat, but it doesn't. You know, like it, huh. it, 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 it. I, I'm not going to be going back to the trough on this one. Wow. Yeah. See, I, this is a record that like I listen to a lot, and mm. like I just think it's a really good record. <laughs> but I like. I like the way that they approach a sort of like simple arrangement. You know, there's not a lot of crazy production going on. I agree. When you compare it to the reaching that some of the records have started to do in the '70s, I agree with you that like, or even compared to a Bowie or a uh, a Queen, you know, like this is way more rudimentary. But I still think that it's got just like a great feel you know and like and I, I'm, I'm a big faces fan I think this sort and of I, like I, that, that's one thing that I'm not yeah um, I, I've I, I've I've taken issue with faces versus uh like Rod Stewart's solo stuff yeah um consistently through this um yeah. but I, again I I don't dislike what I'm hearing yeah I just I could it, see how it, it, it could seem a little dull it, compared to like some of the weirder stuff. Yeah, just very a, much like the the pub rock side totally. of totally. This is a bar yeah. band. Yeah, this is like the guided also by Slade. voices. You know what I mean? Especially like, and that's such like, rowdier. No, that's like that's like punk. Whatever. Yeah. Like the that's like for people who are going to like rage. This is like a group that you can see actually literally playing in a bar 
and it's like now we do a slow song and like people aren't really necessarily even paying attention but they're a good band that's playing and like there's a few people who are really enjoying it like this is a group I can picture in like you know, small London clubs that have been to like Water Rats or something, where it's just or the working bar band. fly, where they're just like a working band venue, yeah, or like a you know, uh, I don't know. That's maybe that's just like I, I like hearing the the simple approach, but I think the songwriting's in there. I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's in there for a song like Ballad of Mop the Hoople. That song, yeah, like that song's amazing. I, I think amazing. Ballad of Mop the Hoople is a I think that's like an A plus song. It's like I love it, but yeah. Um, There's a throwback lyric to an earlier song in Bound Mount the Hoople. So uh, all the way from Memphis, the first person narrator of the song ha- has lost his guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's in Memphis. His guitar got shipped to Oriole, Kentucky. Uh, so the song is him having to get back to Kentucky to get his guitar, and it being like a a long road and looking like a bum and then getting to the shop and getting shamed by the dude for losing his instrument. And, uh, but it, it's speculation that it, it's based on a, a true story of, true story of guitarist, Mick Ralph's losing his guitar on tour. And then in ballad of Mott the Hoople, there's like the different couplets about like, it's like a line about everyone in the song. And on, uh, Mick Ralph's it's, uh, uh, Mick lost his guitar. Yeah. <laughs> and that is forever his identity. Yeah. He shall be known as the fool. <laughs> I changed my name in search of fame to find the mightest touch. Oh, I wish I'd never wanted then what I want now twice as much. We crossed the mighty oceans And we had a few divides But we never crossed the motion For we fell too much inside Yeah, driving. Little sister. <laughs> it's a rocker. Thou shalt not fall. Yeah, the face's connection is, is, is right there for me, too. To me, that's just like their bread and butter, you know. They're, yeah, it's kind of one and the same, huh? I mean, Rod's voice obviously that is has a difference. A big personality. Yeah. It's hard to mess with Rod Stewart's voice. He, I mean, he's got one of the most unique voices in rock and roll. Like you can, you know exactly who's singing. You know, yeah. uh, Ian Hunter's voice is definitely way more um, average in in the sense that it's like. You can't pick it out in the way that some people... You know, Ian Hunter very... is their replacement singer. They oh, replaced... I'm sorry, not Ian Hunter, yeah. Oh, no, no. But they, they replaced a guy with Ian Hunter. Oh. I don't think he, he's a bad singer. I, I actually... I, I like his... I like his stylings. I like his style, but I just don't think that it's, like, incredibly unique. And the, the ad that they put out for a singer... So like, part... Like, you need to be a good singer. You also need to be very style conscious. And I think Ian Hunter brought a lot of mm. style. Yeah. I'd say that more than singing prowess. Well, he also, he, uh, he, he, they got more than they bargained for because he writes all these songs. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, I thought some of the lyrics were quite, quite good. He was an an older, uh, I think he was. 89 years old. He was 89 (laughs) years old. No, he was an older uh, 
kind of older than the band. He already had a kid, and so I think a lot of that disillusionment and like criti- not criticism, but sort of commentary on rock and roll and the rock and roll lifestyle was yeah. a bit of life experience uh, that you we didn't really get with the younger sort of glam. So I I did find that really engaging that he has a bit of a different perspective. It's not just like rock and roll boogie. It's like yeah, it's a losing game, you know. <laughs> like, let me tell you, kids, about it. Even though it's only like five, ten years older than they are. Is it once bitten, twice shy off the uh, first, the first Ian Hunter. Hunter? Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. it's so good. Yeah, it's a really good version. It, it, it's my favorite version of that. Yeah, this it's this, the only version of that song that I recognize. <laughs> me too. Yeah, this album climbed to the top ten on the UK album charts. Good for them. Yeah, became the band's best selling. Uh, to date in the U.S., yielding two U.K. hits, "The Boogie" and "All the Way from Memphis." Uh, all the way from Memphis. I've noticed that uh, Ian Hunter is always wearing sunglasses. What's going on behind the sunglasses, though? I've heard rumors. Is he cross-eyed? Well, no, Va- vampire. Is he a vampire? The future's so bright. <laughs> the future is so bright. Always stoned. He might always. I, I don't know. <laughs> In fact, I think on the back cover of of the Ian Hunter Ian Hunter album, the front cover it's like the it's like the, the his, bus, his, yeah. But in the bus is wearing sunglasses. Yes. And on the back is a picture of him, and he's not wearing sunglasses, but his eyes are like like overexposed out, like you can't see him, hmm. like uh, like Doctor Manhattan or something. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Suspicious, even. Yeah. Right. Okay. What's going on here? What's going on, <laughs> Ian? Let's get to the. Get to the bottom of this. Let's start let's, sleuthing. Let's get to the bottom of this. All right, album. gumshoes. What, what do you think, Rob? Um, it, it's it, it's fine. <laughs> How's that? Neutral? Positive? Yeah, yeah. For for me, um, I, I I don't, I don't, I I won't go back to it. But it, it, it's good rock and roll. Yeah. If you like this kind of rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like this kind of rock and roll. <laughs> uh, I, like the, the, this album isn't going to make any top 10 lists for me but i like this album every part of it i'll revisit it i like Matt the hoople i like glam rock i like rock and roll even if it's simple pub rock yeah i'm here for it yeah that's a good way of saying it it's like do i think this is like one of the most memorable albums i've ever heard no but i think it's a really nice record and like i think it's just got a really good flow and i think a lot of stuff after this is influenced by this group and this style of music, you still hear bands doing stuff kind of like this. And I just think that that's, that's an attractive reason to have this in here. Cause there's nothing quite like this before this, maybe the stones, you know, like that's, that's like the origin, I guess. But um, anyway, I like it. It's positive for me. Yeah. I think I would probably go neutral. I'm on, it's like we're split here on the table. Does anyone this side and that side? I'm sort of like, I mean, there's just a few like songs that kind of like drag it down, or I don't know what to say about. They just don't feel. I just don't get a feeling that I. I usually it's it's like a gut thing, you know. It's just like mm-hmm. I'm not not hearing what what is engaging to me or. Or what I would want out of some of the songs. It's, but you're totally right. It's not. It's not bad. It's. It's actually pretty good. 
Especially we're listening to Ballad of Mata Hoople. And I, I can't I, recommend I, that one enough. Guys, I, and all I, the way from Memphis. I can't disassociate the Ballad of Mata Hoople, and I'm sorry I'm going to ruin the song for you, from the chorus of Desperado. I mean, there's there's a lot of songs that sound like Losing just the, like Desperado. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, no, that's kind of. I mean, it's a pretty typical progression. Yeah, I just think this one does a good job with doing taking something traditional and sort of standard, and I don't know. I just think sometimes mastering the the basic stuff and putting your own spin can can just be a little like. A nice little feather in your cap. Yeah. And this kind of record feels like just like, this is just a really solid band that I would have liked to have seen play live sometime. Yeah, I bet this is a great live show. I just think like, it just had a timely place, you know. Yeah. Uh, did anybody read about the additional personnel on the album that included Thunder Thighs? The backing vocals on him for the dudes. Which no, was, uh, I didn't know that. Do you know Thunder Thighs? <laughs> we've 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 mentioned them before, haven't we? Yeah, they are a female trio consisting of uh, Kara Friedman, Derry uh, Lalu, uh, Casey Syringe, and they provide backing on Lou Reed's hit single "Walk on the Wild." That's what uh, it was. Uh, That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Thought that it was really cool that they were also on this album. Love the name too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, we were talking about glam rock earlier. I would include uh, Transformer, not necessarily Lou Reed in general. Yeah, it's weird. Or Lou Reed. Yeah, yeah, it's sure. really weird that they they include Lou Reed. I mean, I see it, but I had never thought about it until we started mm-hmm. listening to those albums and doing research. Like he was considered a glam artist. That that album. Yeah, as is a big glam album. Yeah, I can totally see that. All right, next time we'll be talking about Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells. All right, cool. cool.